everybody. It is Josh, and welcome back to Written Out Loud. This is episode four, the best story I can tell right now. So there's one other story from those Park Slope days that is worth telling now. And it originated only a few blocks away from where these two other stories that I have told and referred to on this podcast began. The first story, uh, if you've been following along, was my cab ride with Khalid, the best story I've ever heard, which I told in episode one of this podcast series. The second moment was my out loud telling of the story that became the movie Green Street Hooligans, the story and storytelling methodology, really, that changed the course of my life and career and gave birth to Written Out Loud, the program and company. You can hear that story in episode two. But there is a third Park Slope story, which I am going to start telling today. And I say start because this is a long story, one that I'm going to break up into chapters probably over the course of the whole year. So this story was born right around this same time in 2002 when I walked into the Starbucks on 7th Avenue in Park Slope. It's still there. It's on the corner of 1st Street or thereabouts near PS321 if you know the area. And I spent a ton of time in this Starbucks in those days. These were, these were beautiful days to spend in coffee shops back then. Primarily for one reason. Because there was no Wi-Fi. I miss those days very much. Just being able to vanish into one's own imagination. Uninterrupted. On a cloud of caffeine. I would find a table against the wall on the right-hand side, opposite the baristas, and I would just write for hours. Sometimes I would read. I remember Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah was on heavy rotation in those days. It's a bit played out now, sort of like a Starbucks cliche, but the first few times you heard it, man, it was something. I remember reading the original published short story of Brokeback Mountain in that Starbucks back when it was a New Yorker piece and it just knocked everyone out, including me. I actually still remember reading the words in that story. They were no longer young men with all of it before them. And so then, one day... In that same Starbucks, sitting against that same wall, I remember seeing an article in the newspaper. I think it was the New York Times, but I have since actually tried to Google it, and I have not been able to find it. But what was in the article does not really matter. What I really remember, and what really just nailed me right between the eyes, was just the headline. It was an op-ed... And the headline read, Is War the Nature of Man? And in that moment, the idea for an original story came to me. But, instead of telling it out loud and bringing it to life like Green Street Hooligans or Khalid's story, this one I kept to myself. 
This was 20 years ago. And I have been afraid to tell this story in full for over 20 years. I have I've started it, I have stopped, I've petered out, I've chickened out, I've like sneaked little chapters to people, and then I've totally lost my nerve. It wasn't writer's block. I honestly think that I was and have been just afraid of doing my best. I think I have been afraid to try my very best to make something as well as I possibly could. And so this story has been sitting in a proverbial drawer for 20 years. And every once in a while I take it out and I noodle on it and I polish something and I write a little and then I shove it back in the drawer again. So guess what? This year, 2023, as 94 novelists begin their journeys with me to summon their courage and write their stories, including some very, very old and trusted friends, including my own sister. I am I'm putting my pledge out there to you today to finish and publish this story. It is called Finley, which is spelled with an A-Y at the end, and it's a science fiction story. And I am going to present to you now in this episode of the podcast, The Prologue, which I actually recorded as a podcast a few months ago, but then I chickened out yet again and I stopped writing. So, look, I'm I'm not going to have every single episode of this podcast series of the Written Out Loud podcast be my fictional story. I'm going to put it on its own feed which you can search for. If you search for Finley with an A-Y or Finley and Joshua Shelov or Josh Shelov, you'll find it. I'm going to continue to make this podcast series, the Written Out Loud podcast series, about storytelling. In particular, the things that you can learn to become a better storyteller yourself. But today, the lesson is courage, which is a really big deal. So... This is Finley, the prologue. I hope you enjoy it. I'm finishing it this time, my friends. It's now or never. Finley, prologue. From its beginnings in the Holy Lands, on the shores of the Red Sea, the center of the world's power has moved consistently and steadily west. From Jerusalem, the world's capital migrated west to Rome, where it remained for the time of Caesar and his successors. Rome's collapse saw the seat of power drift west again to the empires of London and Paris. Europe's decline was accompanied by the rise of a great new power to its west in the United States. The American era was explosive but finite, and the world's center of power traveled west yet again to the great population centers of Asia. Beijing and Calcutta served as the predominant cities of the 21st century, a period of astonishing technological achievement known as the Asian Age. But this epoch was cut short by a horror unmatched in human history. On July 21st, 
2094, at the height of a world-enveloping period of spiraling tension and terror, all-out nuclear war erupted in China. In just six days, 26 nuclear weapons exploded across Asia. Over two billion people were killed. The Great Holocaust brought the Asian age and very nearly all life on Earth to a close. The Eastern Hemisphere was turned into little more than a crater, a massive scar on the face of the Earth. Because of the enormous fallout, the Western Hemisphere became endangered as well. The world's water supply was contaminated. Humanity's very survival was thrust into doubt. But in this time of utmost darkness, a savior emerged in Africa. In a small laboratory in Soweto, just outside Johannesburg, a 41-year-old botanist named Dr. Everett Finley invented a filtering machine capable of purifying the irradiated water. He literally ran to his local reservoir with his device. Miraculously, it worked. Copies of Finley's invention were quickly shipped to the reservoirs around the world. Mankind's extinction was staved off. Finley spent the next five years traveling the world's reservoirs, refining his machine, and meeting the people whose lives he had saved. At each new city, he was greeted by thousands of grateful followers. He was friendly and open with them, talking for hours on end, deep into the night, often camping out by the reservoirs under the stars. The conversations were not merely about science. Finley was something of a lay philosopher, with a brilliant mind and a generous spirit. In a time when almost everyone he came across was deeply traumatized by the Great Holocaust, Finley was an optimist, a beacon. He spoke with eloquence and passion about mankind's potential for decency. He lifted people's spirits. The word quickly spread about Finley, and it was not long before he started to become known as a prophet. When he left each city, his work sites at the reservoirs were preserved as shrines. Thousands of people would return to the shrines day after day, discussing and dissecting the prophet's words and beliefs, tenuously strengthening their delicate, emerging hope. Thus was the practice of Finleyism born. Some called Finleyism a religion, but one that revered science instead of rivaling it. Finleyism had no god. Finley himself was agnostic. The bedrock of Finleyism was its dedication to nonviolence. Everett Finley was passionate about maintaining a worldwide, permanent peace. He spoke eloquently about the opportunity that this singular moment in history provided, the aftermath of the Great Holocaust. He swore that the human species had a unique opportunity right now to change its behavior and fate and to step off the path towards self-annihilation. Finleyism was quickly adopted by every culture and tribe around the world. Those people closest to the prophet, his most learned and devout followers, grew to become the Finleyite high priests and apostles. All Finleyite clergy were scientists, physicians, professors, and chemical engineers. The most brilliant and influential among them rose to become the Finleyite bishops and archbishops. The worlds and minds of music, art, and architecture flowered in the light of Finleyism as well. The music of this period remains, even today, the most popular burst of original music ever written and performed. Yanu music, short for Orin Iyanu, Yoruban for the music of the miracle, is nearly inescapable today. The culinary trends that grew out at this moment, when millions camped out by the reservoirs, sharing their meals and recipes with one another, the shared spices and foods of this period, remain sacred 
dietary staples today. And of course, the physical shrines themselves, developed ecstatically by the twin powers of architecture and near-limitless philanthropy, vaulted into the magnificent Finleyite temples, a series of structures which remain the most awe-inspiring buildings in every city and township around the world. Towards the end of his life, Everett Finley was quite easily the most influential man on earth. As his inevitable passing approached, an unease crept over the world, as humankind contemplated a life without their prophet. Finley knew this. Three months before he died, he issued a statement. Eight words that have come to be known simply as the one law. There must be no such thing as war, he said. Finley asked all nations to completely and publicly disarm while he still lived, to dismantle their nuclear and conventional weapons, to permanently dissolve their armies, to begin a worldwide permanent peace. As the 94-year-old Everett Finley was laying on his deathbed, an unprecedented global vigil began. Never before had all of humanity given such singular focus to one event and one purpose. A spiritual arc was being built a single path forward for the entire species, down which all mankind must walk. Every surviving nation sent a representative to Cairo. The one law was drawn up into a formal document, and on August 8th, 2147, with a feeling of history itself cracking open, every nation's representative signed the one law and ordered their country's armaments destroyed and their armies permanently disbanded. Thus did the great peace begin. With the world resolved in holy unity, the prophet began to release his grip on his earthly body. For nine full days following the one law's consecration, all of humanity's breath rose and fell as one as they awaited their prophet's ascent. On August 17th, just two days before his final passage, the prophet issued one last recommendation. He suggested, and many Orthodox today still refer to it as the suggestion, that a monarch be appointed whose sole function would be to manage and adjudicate the one law. As the prophet described it, this queen or king would be tasked with resolving all irreconcilable disputes between leaders. This monarch, said the prophet, must have absolute sovereignty. Their judgments must not be subject to protest or emendation. They must be obeyed and adhered to by all citizens, nations, tribes, and leaders, to the letter and without exception. Finley suggested the first monarch himself. He recommended the Argentine diplomat Karime Ortega Navarro. Thus did Queen Karime become first monarch of the peace, inaugural high servant of the one law. The prophet's blessing of the monarch would be among his final spoken words. Only hours afterwards, he lapsed into silence and then rose into peace. The great prophet Everett Finley died August 19th, 2147. Following a month of profound mourning, Queen Karime's first official act was to ask Finley's oldest son, Kwame Philippe, to serve by her side as chief advisor. He accepted. This set a precedent that continues to this day. The monarch sits on the throne in Cairo, with one of the Finley's direct descendants serving as chief and primary counsel, continuing, even in death, the proximity of the prophet. Everett Finley's life and passage marked the beginning of an unprecedented time of worldwide peace. It lasted 20 full years, then astonishingly 50, then miraculously 100. To this day, the peace has endured, 
Never without struggle, but never without resolution. Monarchs choose new monarchs. Finleys raise new Finleys. The year is now 2296. King Zachariah, a Namibian distance runner turned classical scholar, sits on the throne in Cairo, 11th high servant of the one law. As this singular moment in history begins, the king is confronted with three formidable crises at once. Two brothers vie acrimoniously for control of Peru, a deadly and mysterious plague ravages Ghana, and the long, lingering nuclear fallout still contaminates the Earth's atmosphere. For nearly 150 years, there has been no war on planet Earth. Like a massive beast healing from an unimaginably dire wound, the world has slowly nursed herself back to health. And after a journey of 3,000 years, the center of human power has finally come full circle, settling once again in the Holy Lands on the shores of the Red Sea. There are some who whisper it shall travel no further. Finley was written, performed, edited, and mixed by Joshua Shelov. Finley is brought to you by Written Out Loud, a storytelling program teaching young people around the world the craft of storytelling. By focusing on the stories kids love most, like Harry Potter, Marvel, Hamilton, and The Hunger Games, Written Out Loud has transformed over 1,000 kids into published authors. Even reluctant readers fall in love with writing at Written Out Loud. Even more importantly, they gain courage, confidence, empathy, vulnerability, and the skill and willingness to collaborate with others. If your child loves stories and they're between the ages of 8 and 17 and you're looking to introduce them to a team of creative kindred spirits, go to writtenoutloud.org and sign them up for the program that best fits your schedule. We're also partnering with schools and school districts, so if you're an educator or an administrator, send an email to support at writtenoutloud.org. If you like this chapter of Finley, we'd love you to subscribe, spread the word, and leave us a positive review. Thanks very much for listening. I'm Joshua Shelov.